You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome to our ball in Miami. I'm in uh, Miami. I'm yum. I'm in Miami. I am. I'm <clears throat> in Miami. Three, two, one. Welcome to Oddball. I'm Amino Hassan in Miami. And over there in New York City is Charlotte Wilder. Say hello, Charlotte. Hello, Charlotte. Oh, she knows how to do the joke. Everyone loved the Eddie Johnson conversation yesterday. So you know what today we have? More Eddie Johnson. That's right. More of our conversation with Eddie Johnson, Sirius XM NBA radio host. He's the color analyst on All Suns local broadcast. And of course, he's my friend. So he's a guy that played a long time in the league and has a lot of stories to show for it. So we'll show you a little bit more of those. Also, Adventures of Juju Gotti at All-Star Weekend? Who says no? Nobody says no. I certainly I certainly say yes. I mean, I'm gonna tell you right now, give one guy a microphone and a camera, nobody does man on the street better than Juju Gotti. Nobody. Not even Guillermo from Kimmel, who I have a lot of no respect contest. for. You. So we'll have more on that. Uh, but Charlotte, we didn't get to this yesterday. Jacques Vaughn was mm-hmm. let go by the Brooklyn Nets over the All-Star break. And yesterday they announced a replacement, Kevin Ali. And the quotes from the presser, mm-hmm. a little puzzling for me, Charlotte. Because it was Would a you like me about- to read some? Yes, please. Yes, please. He's talking about drawing charges about the team's lack of aggression. He said, we can't have those things. That's losing basketball to me. Winning and losing, that's part of the results, but it's also the process. And the process is these EGBs and how we get lost in these things and how we hunt for them each and every day. I want hunters. If you hunt, you're going to play. If you don't hunt, you're not going to play. What? Hmm. That dog don't hunt. Yeah. Oh, Kevin Ollie. <laughs> that dog don't hunt. So Kevin Ollie, obviously long playing career in the NBA, uh, has been an assistant in the league. He's been a guy that a lot of players around the league really love and admire. I know Kevin Durant uh, thinks very highly of him, as a lot of the guys that were with him in Oklahoma City. Kevin Ollie won a national championship at UConn when, you know, Kemba Walker and them boys, to quote my man's mm-hmm. two guys, went on a magical, incredible run that started in the Big East tournament and ended with a national championship. To take a step back and talk about what Jacques Vaughn's downfall was, there was no structure. Uh, the players ultimately felt like they weren't being given the tools to be successful. Uh, routinely, when asking what kind of coverage they were in or, or uh, you know, what offensive set they should be running. Instead, Jock Vaughn's kind of thing was play harder, which sounds eerily similar to, you know, energy, right? Which is, albeit it sounds a lot more polished when you call them EGBs or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's still the same concept of, we're not talking about, hey, are we uh, icing on the on the side pick and roll and uh, sagging in the help? We're not talking about that. We're talking about just play harder. And ultimately in the NBA, yes, you got to play hard. Absolutely. But nothing makes players not play hard more than feeling like, what are we doing here? What are we, we're not, we don't know what we're doing. All right. And then uh, I'm not going to kill myself. Well, there's also, it's like not even just play harder. It's play smarter like it all they're asking for is like a plan is a reason to play hard i think that if someone's just like go out there and do it as hard as you can and then players are like what is it 
yep. like define it, you know, like hunting. It it all just feels sort of like platitudes for describing things that are not specific. And I think that specificity and expectation is so huge in the NBA because, I mean, we talked about this before. We talked about this with, with the Bucks and they fired Adrian Griffin of like, yeah. guys want to know what their roles are and they want to know that there's a system and they want to know that they're, that that system is leading to something. Um, I wonder though, if it's sort of like a, I mean, first of all, the, the, the Jacques Vaughn thing is interesting to me too, because he came in after Steve Nash was fired, obviously last year mm-hmm. um, when the whole team sort of blew up. And and I went to Nets media day this year and he was talking about how he was excited to have had an off season where he could implement a plan where he could have time with players, where he could have his coaching staff come in. Um, and it feels like, I mean, that, that failed very quickly. Am I wrong? Like it, it felt like or, or I, is this actually longer than, than you would think he, he, he should have if it was going that poorly according I, to players? I, I, I would say the things that I heard behind the scenes combined mm-hmm. with what I heard Sean Ferrani report earlier this week uh, when, he, mm-hmm. when he talked about it was very congruent. And both of those things were nobody knows what the hell we're doing. Um, and we every time we're looking for guidance in that way, all we're getting is play harder, play harder, play harder, which mm-hmm. that works for my kids' middle school team. It does not work mm-hmm. on a pro level, uh, even with good players. And I think the Nets roster has a lot of good players. Like this isn't a yeah. Detroit situation where it's like they've got guys who are not, not NBA caliber rotation players in a the rotation. These are legitimately good players that if they had a dispersal draft, Every one of these guys would get picked up and would be a rotation guy somewhere else, right? Yeah. But when you say, first of all, Mikel Bridges is my best player, there has to be an understanding that Mikel Bridges is not a throw him the ball and go get me one type of player. He's not Kevin Durant or you know James Harden. He's a, a guy that needs structure, down screens, pin downs, and, and uh, like stagger screens and, and cat and mouse game on the weak side and all these things, right? That's what he needs. Just got to be on the same page with, you know, everybody, with the coaches and players. You know, they got to hold us to the standard. We got to hold each other accountable. We got to play hard. You know, it's all of us out there. And um, we all got to be on the same shrink all together and do all the little things on the court, you know, learn, know what we're doing. So when we're out there, there's no thinking. You know, you don't – guys that play basketball, play a sport, you don't want to be out there thinking. You know, that's uh, – you got a lot of other stuff going on, who you guarding and all that stuff. You don't want to think – on what your principles are. You know, you want to know what you're doing on both ends. And I think that's what we got to get to. But players on us, we got to keep each other accountable. We got to play hard. We can't mope around. And, you know, I've had bad body language um, just personally, you know, and that comes through frustrations. I want to win, but I can't let that get to me where I show to my teammates that, like, I'm down and I just shut down. Like, I got to, even times get tough, pick your head up and, and be ready. He needs a structured offense in order to be the best version of himself. Right, that's that's going to be an offensive talent. Obviously, there, there's another version of himself that what he was in Phoenix, where it's a three and D guy. But in order to expand it to a guy who can average 25 a game, you got to play him in a structure. You can't just throw him the ball and say go get one. And yeah, there, so there's that stuff, right? The X's and O's on both sides of the ball that was suspect. Again, the Nets. When you look at their roster, this should have been one of the best defenses in the league. All these yeah. guys, Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, uh, Nick Claxton, these are all Dennis Smith Jr. These are all incredible defensive players. And yeah. yet, 
they're kind of substandard. The other part of this, though, Charlotte, and this is the important part, mm-hmm. is lineups. Understanding who fits alongside who. Do you know that the Nets' starting lineup, their most played lineup, had the worst plus-minus in the league? No, I did not know that's, that. That's who they were playing, right? That's that's that they're that's like okay, this is who we're picking to go out there and play the majority of our minutes. Usually, yeah. that number is reserved for a team that's really bad, like Detroit starting lineup, San Antonio starting lineup, Washington starting lineup, because hey, these, this is the best we got, and we're not that good, and so we accumulate yeah, yeah, yeah. a really bad net rating, right? These guys, like you, have good players, just play the right combos again. There's more to this game than just being General Patton and yelling at guys and telling them to play harder. And I think if I'm the Nets, either a player or a fan, and I hear Kevin Ollie, who's won a championship at the college level, who's been around this league and played for a lot of great coaches, who's a really respected guy, coming in and talking like Jacques Vaughn was talking, I don't know if he's going to get by in that way. He better come in with, with some some actual tangible basketball structure in order to get these guys on 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 board. You know, it sort of bumps me out of meme because at when when the Nets were talking in the beginning of the season, loyal oddball listeners and viewers will remember this, but I was like I think this is my side piece team. Like mm. I really love this Nets team. I think they're scrappy. I think they could be a lot better than people think they could be, mostly because, as you talked about, because of that defense, because they were also just fun. They were having so much fun together at Media Day, and to me, that's like such a good sign. It might seem simple. People might think that's a silly way to analyze basketball, but I think the teams who have fun together generally have a better shot if they also have talent than teams who don't. And when you and I went to that Nets-Knicks game, I mean, there was like defeat in a lot of those Nets players' eyes. The Knicks were blowing them out, and the Nets were playing. We knew they could play better than they were playing. So maybe the most charitable read of the Kevin Ollie stuff that he was saying is that it's sort of a hangover from Jacques Vaughn and that he will realize what he needs to do differently. Um, But, you know, if it doesn't work out, we're going to have a – there'll be somebody else there. Well, starting the starting the season. And, and that's the one thing that out of this press conference that I thought was very interesting. One is that he is interim. They're not mm-hmm. committing to anything beyond this season. But two is that Sean Marks is, um, was asked about his, will you be allowed to pick the next coach? And his answer, I won't lie, did not inspire me with a lot of confidence. It was kind of like, I have no reason to believe why Joe uh, and Clara would not want me to do that as opposed to of course I am what are you guys talking about you know so I I don't know it'll be interesting to see I think again I think this Nets roster has talent I don't think this is Mm -hmm. a case where man you guys got a long road ahead so I I just feel like it's going to take a little bit more structure than you know what they had prior and and the irony is of course the reason why we're here charlotte is because once upon mm-hmm. a time this team was very structured under kenny atkinson and then they signed two super duper megastars and they're like what is all this structure i'm a auteur i'm a genius let me be a genius and so they got kenny out of there and they moved to coaches who were more willing to let the geniuses do what the geniuses wanted to do so that was Jacques vaughn mm-hmm. in his interim that was steve nash as a head coach and that was Jacques vaughn again as an interim and now this is one where it's like we need we need lines. We need lines so these guys can paint between the lines. Well, life comes at you fast to me.
The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Yes, think the Timberwolves can beat the Nuggets? Anthony Edwards is plus 1,300 to win finals MVP. Wow, that's putting the cart before the horse. And if your team isn't in the playoffs, you can wager on who's going to win in the draft lottery on May 12th. And if you're new to DraftKings, you've got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code oddball that's code o-d-d-b-a-l-l for new customers to get 150 smackaroos in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. the crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in west virginia visit www.1800gambler.net in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467-369 in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wonderful NBA All-Star Weekend. Great experience. My dog, Miles, with a bold fashion choice. Red turtleneck with two chains on. Only in Indianapolis, ladies and gentlemen. Miles, who is the worst dressed player in the NBA? His name is Kendall Brown. He'll get so low, he'll see that. <laughs> I like your jersey, ma'am. Thank you. Very fresh. Don't call me ma'am, though. Uh, well, what do I say? I like your jersey, sis. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. What do I call you, though? Like, sir. Sir. So, yeah, sir and ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, sir. No problem. Thank you, sir. My, my lady. Thank you. <laughs> Look who we got in the wild. We got a goddamn big shoe wearing motherfucker. Look at my mean shoes right now, ladies and gentlemen. Where is the yellow? This boy got on gloves, the jacket. Holy moly, Tim the two-time. Oh, he got a hat he just dropped. It's a hat in that mother I told everybody that today was gonna be the day I was gonna be out there with it, so. This is it right here. Yes, the off-white Air Force Ones with the Mad Max spikes. You know, if someone get too close, like wow. I think he's coined the phrase, but those are the most look at you Louie shoes that a human being can wear. They're nice shoes. Yes, sir. They're nice shoes and you're pulling them off. But it's like, wow, hey everybody, look at my shoes. It is, and that was the that was the purpose, that was by design. Juju on the other hand, he, he comes in all colors. No comments. A little Supreme, he did Supreme, uh, 
It's about 2019 Supreme, you oh, did me? Oh, you got the archives, you feel okay. Me? Had to bring it back for the 99, 2000. Okay, you do you have me? anything on the wrist right now? Nah, baby, I'm, I'm, I'm broke. I'm broke, baby. <laughs> Nothing on the Actually wrist. the Celine sunglasses. Like, you feel okay, me? Okay. You did, we outside, man. You got I got my prescription in them so I can see far. Yeah, you did yeah. me. What you got on today, bit, bro? So today I got the James Harden Adidas kicks on. You did. I got these baggy ass pants from H&M, which I love. That's the new look now. Yeah. I'll take that. My fiance dressed me. My dog fresh as hell, man. Salute you to you, my brother. Luca, who is the easiest matchup? Luca. Too much respect. Too much respect. F all the respect. Nicola, who is the easiest player to go against in the NBA? Luca. I'm joking. <laughs> But Luca, when he has a rough night. And man, Westside Zone 3 back in the building, you did me. Are you a uh, team Cat Williams or team Steve Harvey? <laughs> man, I ain't picking no sides, but I'm gonna go Cat Williams. Thank you, guys. Right there, we had it in our grasps, but I was trying to be respectful. Guess what? That's the gloves coming off. Let's do this. Cat, snowfall or power? I love snowfall. I'm gonna go snowfall, big dog. Franklin Saint, snowfall. I'm gonna go snowfall. I don't watch either, brother. Oh, damn. Neither. Apollo, snowfall or power? Oh, damn. At the buzzer, right in the gonads. Damn it. It hurts that much more whenever you're about to get it out and then they be like, no further questions. We introducing my sister to a TV show called, what, what did you call it? I'm not repeating. I would like to be excluded from this narrative. She said powder, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, okay. In fairness, we were just talking about snow, how it was snowing. You said snowfall, and I thought you said snowfall or powder. And I was like, the kind of snow it was? Because I'm the whitest woman in America. How about sweet tarts or sweethearts? Ooh, sweethearts, for Dang. sure. What do you got? I like the sweet tarts. I think sweethearts should be banished from the earth. I think they are so disgusting, along with heap candy bars. <gasps> Heap candy bars are good. Heap candy bars are good, ladies and gentlemen. I have a question. Why do you hate love? That's the most important question. I don't know why I hate love. You're right, Miss Rachel. I need to get better. Thank you so much. I'm going to work on myself. You Thank go. you. Back to you, Bob. I am Eddie Johnson, and this is Storytime. Eddie, uh, the other story that I love that you told is because Charlotte's a from Boston, she's a huge Celtics fan. Mm. And one of my favorite all-time stories Eddie told me was the first time he played against Larry Bird. Oh, please, tell me everything, Eddie. That man taught me the art of trash talking deluxe. <laughs> like, I, I, would, I talk a little, so I was very quiet, mm -hmm. but on the court, I wasn't. Mm. And so my rookie year, going to Boston Garden, Cottonfish Simmons, you know, says, okay, Eddie, you're going to start tonight. And he didn't tell me until I actually got to the arena. And I think he did that on purpose. And so I'm like, okay, cool. And so in the locker room, the veteran players on that team, there's a lot of veteran players. Uh, they had Bill Ford, Josie Merriweather, <clears throat> Reggie King, Leon Douglas, uh, Sam Lacey. I mean, these are guys that yeah. really helped me as a player. they like, Eddie. Just don't say nothing to Larry Bird. Really? Just ignore him. <laughs> and I didn't know what they were talking about. Just, <laughs> just ignore him. I'm like, okay, fine. I follow their instructions. So we go out for the jump ball. And I go and I line up and everything. And I see him sauntering out. 
And he walks right. Sauntering out. He walks right to me. You can, I can tell he was staring at me. He walks right to me and he just lines up next to me. And I sense he was just staring at me and I'm just looking straight ahead and saying nothing. So the official, something happened. He had to go back over there to the clock and, and fix it. I was like, damn. <laughs> I'm looking over. I'm like, looking over here. I'm looking over there, and then finally he says, "You see me talking to you. <laughs> you see me looking at your ass." <gasps> and I'm like, "I'm not even paying attention to him. Look at me. You think you're gonna guard me tonight? Are you serious?" He looks over at Cot. Cot. <laughs> he guarding me, <laughs> and he looks at me. I'm gonna wear your ass out. <laughs> And I'm just like straight ahead. Yeah. Just, I'm not, but I'm from shy now. I can only take so much. Yeah. So he just, you know, he just, he said, trust me, you're going to wish you never showed up tonight. <laughs> and so finally I just turned to him. I looked at him. I said, just bring it. Bring it. I said, ain't nobody scared of your ass. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I really don't. He proceeded to just just wear me out. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it was just ridiculous. And, you know, but offensively, I could always hold my own. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't, I was scoring on him, but it wasn't, it, it was like here and there, far between. I mean, this dude coming down, he just, they, they isolated me. They just, I mean, he couldn't move me because mm -hmm. I was strong back then, but it was just, he recognized that. So, he just started facing up on me. Just, I mean, just educate me. He's talking to me the whole time. Really? Oh, yeah. Trash get, get your hands up. Get your hands up. No way. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, he's coaching you up while he's giving you words. Get your hands up. They come with screen. I mean, just talking. So I'm like, you know, so I got a little hot in the middle quarters. I hit about two, three in a row. I said, take that, you bitch. I'm talking. Talking. <laughs> And he cursing at me, and he just, I mean, it was really bad. And so I said, okay, fine. He comes down, and he shoots about Steph Curry rain, and he misses the whole rim. And I started laughing. And he said, see, you don't understand the value of what just happened. I'm like, I can do that and stay in the game. Can you? Oh, my God. <laughs> It, it was, I'm telling you, after that, and then Cotton got mad at me because I got a little individualistic, mm. and I was getting ready to get on the bus the next morning, and he's like, why are you getting on the bus? I'm like, what, what do you mean? He said, oh, you got waved this morning. <laughs> That's a true story. No. My heart about drops. Oh, my God. And... I turned around to get off the bus. He said, get on the bus. <laughs> oh, man, that's not a, that's that's mean. Not a cool joke, man. That's that, mean. That, but I'm telling you, but that's how hard Cotton Fitzsimmons was on me. Yeah. And he, he was like a father figure. Yeah. I mean, loved him, he loved me. And it was a, it was a humbling experience. And it, it led to the next time I faced Larry about three weeks later. And I was playing good minutes. I was, mm -hmm. you know, I was playing. And, and so he comes in to Kansas City, and I'm ready for him. Mm -hmm. Same stuff. He talking junk. Oh, I got you again, huh? I said, yeah, you got me again. 
I proceed, I'm just wearing them out, okay? One of my hot games, I'm wearing them out. But he still got about 25. It's not like he ain't <laughs> right, wearing right. me out. <laughs> and, and so he looked at me, and he's like, okay. So he said something to me I didn't like. So I said, okay, I'm going to get him. So I went in, I drove, I gave him an up fake, and I wasn't even trying to score. I, wasn't, I didn't care about scoring the ball, nothing. All I cared about was inflicting some pain. Yeah. <laughs> and so I caught him with an elbow when I went up. And luckily, the ball went in, and they called a foul on him. And, <clears throat> and I knew he was staring at me, and I knew this was going to escalate. So I'm standing there at the free throw line, again, a little delay, and they finally gave me the ball. But before they gave it to me, all you can do is score, that's what he said. All you can do is score. And I noticed that he was bleeding. And I said, I can make you bleed, too. <laughs> and Robert Parrish was standing there. Robert Parrish kind of giggled. <laughs> so I'm like, I like, OK. So the game ends. Uh, they beat us. And so the game ends. <laughs> Jerry Reynolds was, uh, he's from French Lake. Uh, and he was assistant coach on our team. And so I look up. I'm in there getting dressed. And I look up. And Larry walks into the locker room. And I'm like, oh boy, okay, this, this is getting ready to get ugly. So I heard him get my stuff on. I'm like, I might have to fight this fool, you know? And, and so he's over there talking to Jerry. And at that time, you know, you can drink beers at the games. <laughs> him and Jerry over there drinking. And, and I'm just sitting there. And he's just looking at me. So then after he got done, after I was dressed, he walks over. And he reaches into his pocket. And at that time, you know how hotel keys used to be. It wasn't yeah. a card. Yeah. It was just yeah, it was yeah, a key. Yeah. key yeah. Big, heavy thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. you couldn't lose it. And I see it in his hand. He tosses it to me. We can finish this at the hotel. What? Oh, yeah. That's a maniac, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I grabbed the key. And I said, I looked at him. I said, now, hold up. You want me to come over to your hotel room? <laughs> I'm going to walk up there, and Mikhail's hiding around the corner. Uh, Paris going to help you. I said, no, 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 no. We can go somewhere else. And he looks at me, and he says, give me my key back. <laughs> and I threw the key back. He said, I like you. Really? Oh, yeah. He said, I like you. And he, he left. He was just testing. Yeah, like, yeah, he was yeah. trying to push the limits, yeah. see, yeah. like, what kind of guy. Exactly. Eddie How are you going to yeah. respond? Yeah. Did you guys become friends after that? Well, over the years, we never, I never trash talked to him again, and he yeah. never really bothered me. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I tell people to this day, he taught me the art of really controlling guys and mm -hmm. getting in their mind during the game. Yeah. And without even knowing it. It wasn't like he set me down. He was coaching you in, in various ways. Yeah, it's just ways. my interaction with him and then watching him. He didn't know this. He was one of my favorite players. I watched him. Wow. You know, and so I picked up a lot of different things in watching him. And just to have that interaction and to, to go back and forth was huge. All right, we got a lot more to get to with Eddie Johnson. He's a man of many stories, so stay tuned. Uh, thanks, um, thanks for watching Oddball. We're trying to do a show here, do you mind? God damn, man. This is the story of The One. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.